Kowalski. And the keys for a sawed-off weekend. Well, you're both welcome. What do you get going for Frisco? You're not going back tonight. Hey, you're going to kill yourself someday. You know that? Do you know? Yeah. Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding the cinematic horizons of its hosts, John. Okay, sir, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski, that's terrific. Rob. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And Hydroburg. What country are you from? What? 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 ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? And welcome to another episode of Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding the cinematic horizons of its hosts. I will be your host tonight, Hydroberg, and I am joined by my co-host, Kinetic Onslaught, a.k.a. John. You, what up, what up? What's going on? And our resident cinematic archaeologist, Rob. What's going on, everybody? Good to see everybody. How's, how, how's Boyd doing today? Good. Good, man. Real good. Jacked up about it. Ready to talk about this film. Real excited. Yeah. Vanishing yes, point is going to be our film of the night from 1971. Yeah, this is a... Oh, Heidelberg, why did you choose Vanishing Point? Uh, of The films that we could choose from, why did you choose this one for us? Uh, so I picked Vanishing Point. Um, so this film came... Uh, it came on my radar after seeing um, Grindhouse and uh, Death Proof specifically. Mm-hmm. And uh, because they mentioned this film and the car that they use in that. And it's uh, it's it's definitely featured in Death Proof, like... Yes, you know, the car is just awesome, and they speak about this movie, and I just had to know. I had I I, I seeked it out, I, and uh, it made me want to track it down. So I did, and it was kind of hard at the time when it when after Grindhouse came out um, to find it. It wasn't the easiest time. There was no, no streaming no. at the time, so I had to like find it to rent. And it was like looking around at blockbusters, and they'd either only have like one copy, or like it wasn't there. They didn't have it, so it was like tough. But uh, I eventually tracked it down, and I watched it like just the once, and I was like, okay, okay. And so when I was thinking about picks, I was like, well, I've picked a couple of things from the 80s and some Sylvester Stallone movies. So I was like, let me go a little bit further back. And this kind of came to mind. And we had just covered Grindhouse on A Cut Above around that same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's let's do some um, Vanishing Point. Had either of you guys seen and or heard of even heard of this film? Uh, I actually have, you know. As much of a fan as I am of these type of films, uh, this is one that I had not seen. And I actually had not heard of it. Uh, kind of similar to you, like I, the only time I heard about it was when I watched Grindhouse. And so, yeah, this is, that was the first time that that movie kind of came into my, my mindset. But I, I had never seen this one before. Yeah, uh, total, total blank spot for me. Never, never heard of it uh, and, and had never seen it. Yeah. Me neither, up until the time, you know, up until I saw uh, Death Crew. Yeah, it's pretty and, interesting uh, you discover it, like how, how you, uh, just the way people get put onto things sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, that's sick. Like, you watch this movie, and you're like, oh, fuck, this movie is so sick, it makes me want to go and look at other movies that inspired this. Definitely. And then to fucking come across that, it's just, it's wild. That is cool. Yeah. I like that trickle-down sort of effect that you get mm-hmm. with film, or media in general. You get it with music, too. People sample yep. stuff, and then you, like, 
you know it's sampled from something you're like now i want to hear what the original sounded like where'd that come from totally this is what we call cinematic archaeology fellas yeah <laughs> uh actually you know because you brought up the car uh heidelberg that we we were going to talk about this a little bit later but yeah the car is actually the most famous character of this film the car is the 1970 jo- dodge challenger rt uh mm. it's the same car that was used in the 97 remake starring vigo mortensen and obviously what we talked about death proof uses the same same exact model of car for uh death proof uh okay you're sure it's not a Hudson? No, okay, and okay, I, I, I had to correct right, myself. Here's your chance, now, we're doing, now that we're doing another car movie, I made a mistake on our very first episode. I had a, a brain fart, and I know that in for uh, since I'm a car guy, I know better than this. Cobretti did not drive a 1950 Hudson. It's a 1950 Mercury. So this guy's uh, a classic mistake. Up. Dude, he's been beating himself up for this whole time since we've recorded Cobra, like, yo, can I just go back in and change it? I'm like, yo, the episode's edited already. It's ready to be launched. It's like, nah, it's good, man. Don't, nobody's going to notice. But he's like, oh, no, I'll know. God <laughs> damn it, Rob, you fucking nerd. You had one job, dude. Now I, you know. well, hey, I fucked up on the first episode as a cinematic archaeologist. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> oh, I wanted to get that on the record that I corrected it. So <laughs> it's, it's barely been bothering him. So here you go. You corrected it. <sighs> dude, you, um, you, you mentioned the, the remake. And it's interesting to me because, I mean, we sit here and talk about how un unfamous most of the people in this fucking movie are and, you know, whoop-de-whoop, everything you just went through, but it got a fucking remake? Like, how does that work? Well, this is where um, this type of film uh, does... It, a lot of people look, like these type of films from the 70s, what I call the counterculture films. And I think that's why it did garner a remake because it is... It, it did have a cult following by yeah, that. Yeah, it had some kind of cult status. Uh, so I think there was people that were involved with that one, which I didn't. I did not get any notes on the remake. I didn't get a chance to watch the remake. It's, it stars Viggo Mortensen. I know that. That's Dude, all I and know fucking uh, the guy who does the voice for Spawn. Oh yeah, that's right. He is. Oh, he's uh, too. he wait, plays Spawn the Super Soul, right? The 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 cartoon, the cartoon voice. Oh, uh, Keith David. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, he's probably the one who plays Super Soul in that in, in the remake, I would imagine. Dude, I tried to fucking turn. I, I first of all, real quick, uh, this movie is fucking impossible to find anywhere. Like I was struggling so hard to find where to get this film. But the 97 one kept popping up. Yeah, the, it, uh, it's on YouTube, the, the 97 remake. Right. And so I wasn't I wasn't really paying attention. I was like, oh, vanishing point. Bada boom, bada bing. Here we go. Fire it up. I'm starting it off, and then I see dude uh, in there. And it's like, oh fuck yeah, Vigo pops up. The and wrong I was like, one. Okay, I see this. One. I get this flick, dude. All right. And then I checked the notes, and I was like, oh fuck. Oh thank God. Not- Imagine you watched the other one, and you came ready to go. Like oh, I got my notes. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, those, the scenes aren't lining up. What's wrong? Yeah, there's something about Here. this story you guys are talking. I don't remember about. that part. <laughs> That's when you texted me. That's when you texted me, John. I was like, where the fuck is this film going? Yeah. Play? I. So I uh, so I, I had to go on the high seas to uh, yeah. find the I, I so there is there is a uh, a a link that I that was like I think it's a because I I don't know if this is uh, owned by anybody I think it I do I wonder if this is on the public domain but there is a good quality on uh, something called the Internet Archive that I found. Fuck and, yeah, that's where you get all the NES ROMs for free, baby. Yeah, oh, that's cool. So, yeah, so I don't know if it, that'll hurt us if we put that in the the description notes uh, for people to find know. them because it is very hard. Well, to I mean, find. 
Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. We'll find out. Fuck it. What are they going to do? Yeah. You know. I mean, obviously, the, the the other way to solve the problem is to buy physical media and you know buy the film. But I I didn't have a chance to do that uh, over the past week. So I the just... copy I watched was a Blu-ray stream. So there is a Blu-ray out there. I bet. I, oh, I, nice. I don't know if it's yes, like a Region yeah, B there. or something like that, or if it's a uh, there is a UK cut of this film too. It's it's like six minutes longer or something oh, like damn. that. Six or nine, oh, like, like a little bit long. Yeah, I saw on IMDb there were two there were two times for it uh, uh run times and i was like oh that's odd and then i clicked it and it said uk time on the second one. Oh, interesting yeah so there's like this one ends at like 138 and yeah yeah it's pretty like 145 film. or something um so yeah before we get in dive into the film i do want to talk about the counterculture film that was very that was popularized in the 70s but i want to go into a slight history of how that came about um uh, in the six, the mid sixties, really, uh, the Hollywood was starting to change quite a bit. Uh, the studio system was failing, and what the studio system was, where the studios really kind of controlled actors, directors, stories, like what was being put out there. They would have actor, you know, high, you know, top quality acting con, uh, act, you know, actors and actresses under contract, and hey, you're going to be doing seven films for our studio a year, and you know, if some if another studio wanted to get those actors, they would have to pay that studio uh, some sort of royalty or whatever. Uh, but that was starting to break down as actors and actresses, directors were starting to kind of rustle up against that. And they were wanting to they were demanding a little bit more pay and like more freedom to do projects that they thought were better. Because even in the case of like our top tier actors, like a like a Jimmy Stewart or uh, um uh, trying to think of a famous actress at the like uh, Ingrid Bergman, you know, they wouldn't be able, they're like, hey, man, I really want to do that project that I'm hearing about, but they're under contract and they have to do some of these like B films that they don't really want to take part in. But, you know, the studio obviously wants them to be in the film to sell tickets. Right. So that ended up uh, the, the movie that ended up being the catalyst that kind of broke, broke this uh, back of the studio system was a film called Cleopatra, which was done in 65. And it was a, well, one, the film was very good. Uh, it stars Liz Taylor, but the, mm -hmm. it was so expensive that Fox, uh, I think it was, was it Fox? Yeah, it was Fox nearly went bankrupt uh, making this film. It, it did very well financially, but like they spent so much money putting it together that it didn't make that money back. And uh, for those who live in Southern California, there's a, a city called Studio City. That is the that whole city is the former uh, part of the former Fox Studios lot. They built a city. That's how they they Fox had to sell off a strong majority of their studio to the to the the state of California just to make their money back off of this film, and that really kind of destroyed the studio system. And from then on, you would get stories that are much more kind of of the of the time uh so the first really film in this kind of counterculture movement was stuff like uh, guess who's coming to the dinner with sydney poitier uh spencer tracy and uh, um uh catherine hepburn uh john one of your favorite movies cool hand luke was a part of this Bang. Uh, that was definitely yeah that was definitely part of the counterculture but really kind of took off with movies like midnight cowboy and easy rider uh, yeah. in, the, in the late 60s uh you know midnight cowboy was one of the 
I think it's the only X-rated film to win an Oscar for uh, Best Picture. Uh, so, and obviously, Easy Rider is definitely more in the vein of like this uh, uh, this type of film that we're doing, kind of the road movie. Mm-hmm. As you know. Yeah. Uh, and really, but to me, Vanishing Point is definitely not the epitome of this style of film. Uh, it's kind of one that I think gets forgotten a little bit because stuff like Easy Rider is much more popular. We have, uh, I would say, kind of the counterculture movement really co- uh, co- uh, at its peak was stuff like Bonnie and Clyde. And uh, what was the other film I was thinking of that? Oh, and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's the other Another one. Another banger. Really, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, both those films are awesome. Uh, and eventually this type of film died uh, right around the time that like Raging Bull came out, like where the directors were kind of in control, uh, these new directors doing new things and where they the studios are just giving these guys control over what they were, you know, yeah, make whatever crazy ass movie you want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about another kind of counterculture movie in, uh, in a couple of weeks in Dirty Harry. Uh, but yeah, they, it, it, it kind of, this turned into what would become the indie film in the nineties and where this is where Tarantino would get. That's his what I was going to say. That's what it sounded like. Yeah, this is. And so Tarantino in a lot of ways brought this style of film back in his own way. And he would put it into his own words. And that's why like death proof got made. This is why he, uh, cause this film was something that he watched that spoke to him and he made a film that I, to be honest, I think this kind of uh, took vanishing point and made it better uh but yeah that's that's kind of the history of this style of film that we're going to be talking about today because i i'm sure there's a lot of people in the audience who are like what the fuck is happening in this film and uh, these yeah of, yeah these type of films car are, shit bro car shit a, yeah they're not they're not you know holding your hand telling you the story you have to kind of you as the audience are trying to take they're giving you enough clues and you have to take the story from that and kind of figure out yourself what's going on and not like a, a dark of, souls game yeah, exactly. You don't. No, and not a lot of people want to do like, that. I get it. Uh, before we, because it sounds like we're starting to get into like thoughts and stuff about the movie. Uh, we got to run that synopsis. I gotta yeah. hit you up with that. Uh, unless you have any more to talk about. Um, no, no. I, I just like okay. I said, I just wanted to give us a, a, a brief history of this style. No, yeah, it's good. No, it's interesting because uh, it is. It's like a subgenre. It's a smaller. It's not one that you're gonna see right nowadays either. So, um, it's like one of those ones that kind of died out. You know. Um, I'm sure yeah. there's still films that come out sort of in the genre, but they're not, you know, they're not being marketed well. We will never go back to this kind of style of film ever again, unfortunately. I, I do like them sometimes. They're they're high intensity. Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah. that's why Death Proof, I thought, worked for a lot of people. Uh, synopsis. During the 1970s, car delivery driver Kowalski delivers hot rods in record time, but always runs into trouble. That's, that's, like, that's my soul. DJ voice. <laughs> that's your super soul that's voice. That's soul, baby. Hi, so, yeah, we get the opening of the film. It, it, it takes a little while to get going. Um, we see like yeah, this setup. There's a slow shot of just like these bulldozers coming down the road and like a couple cops here and there. And they're like setting up on the highway and there's like onlookers. And the dozers set up what looks like we see as a roadblock with the police assistance. And like they're getting ready for something. So we're sort of like, all right, all right, what's going on here? Um mm. And then the news arrives and more police. And then we get the first shot of Kowalski driving that Challenger, which I just think is fucking rad. Just the shots of the car zooming down the, the landscape, like the roads just always looks boss to me. Um, and the shot of him approaching the road through the roadblock. That's like, I started seeing like 
I'm like, oh, this is not like a crappy made movie. As, as soon as it starts, I'm like, the, it looks really, it's shot, it's framed really well. Like it's shot really well. It looks good. I like the color saturation of like the desert with the natural sunlight. Um, I don't know. It just all looks pretty cool. And he bails on the um, on the roadblock and he goes off road with that fucking car, which I was like, yeah, that's crazy. You're going yeah. off road with that fucker. Yeah. So uh, Kowalski's played by Barry Newman, which I'm not familiar with him, but no relation to Paul. But I did think for a minute, I was like, I wonder if he's related to Paul. Like, is this his brother? You know, you know who I thought he looked like? Him. Yeah, uh, he looks a lot like Judd Hirsch a little bit to me. Um, okay. I don't know if you're familiar with Judd Hirsch. But anyways, uh, yeah, Barry Newman, this is... He actually just passed away this year. In oh, May. Sure. I yeah, I just yeah, saw that. He yeah. was 92. Yep. Um, and he was not the initial desired actor for this this role. You want to know who wanted who the studio wanted to play Kowalski? That would be Mr. Gene Hackman. Oh, um, uh, yeah, Gene Hackman. Yeah, and because this was, uh, I think, well, one, the director overrode the studio, uh, the the producers of this film. He's like, no, we need to have someone that's not an established actor. Mm. Uh, so because this is he wanted to he wanted to let the kind of the story and kind of be more of the the focal point and not like, oh, it's Gene Hackman. Cool. You know, because. Yeah. Was, uh, and so instead of doing this film, Gene Hackman ended up doing the French Connection. So yeah. But yeah, crossroads there, but that, it all worked out. The other thing, and he's mostly did television the rest of his career. I mean, he was all he was always working. He was so uh, he was doing something right. But yeah, yeah, he'd be in a show here and a show there. This yeah. is really his only film that he ever did. I I like his character in this. Um, there's not a ton to to it, but I, I like I like his swag and I like the the character, like the driver. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, I don't know. Just cool to see, like, just seeing him doing his thing. Um, like I said too, just. The movie just gives you these like awesome moments of just like cool landscape. And then this car's just like blazing through the highway around semis and shit. And it's just cool to watch. I know it's like, it can get boring, but I just, there's something I love about those like chase, the chase scenes in this film. Yeah. You know what, uh, what, um, this nature, you know what I was thinking a little bit about this? Cause we just came off of doing fistful of dollars and Clint Eastwood is very, uh, enigmatic. We're not, you know, he doesn't talk very much. We have a similar character in Kowalski. Doesn't talk very well. Yeah, he, he kind of lets his actions kind of tell. Especially for a guy who's high on speed. For the <laughs> Dude. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the film shows Kowalski and that he's, like, wanted by the cops in this moment. And he's in a jam. And that's when we meet him. Um, then he goes the opposite way of the roadblock. And he passes a car. And there's a scene. The scene pauses. And there was like a day and a time on the screen suddenly. And then the challenger disappears. And it's like meant to show us that the after the car keeps going, that now the this is the past in our story. Now, it's previously uh, to the predicament that Kowalski was in just a minute ago. And it's like a blink and you'll miss it sort of moment, though, the way they transition it. Um, yeah, I think yeah. the film could have done a better job of alluding that it's two days later. I know it prints that on the screen right after that, too. And then that just yeah. goes away. So it's like. Honestly, if you look down for a second, you're like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, just even the car disappearing. I got what they were doing, you know, because, you know, you understand movie language, but not everybody does sometimes. Not everybody's into film as much. So I just thought like that was handled a little like, I don't know, a little clumsily. And uh, but so he ends up that the, the car ends up being uh, Kowalski. He's coming back into town, the, the black sedan or whatever. I'm guessing on it like another job. Right. And he talks to his boss. He delivers the car and. 
I don't know. His boss seems pretty cool. He wants him to kind of like take it easy and get some rest. And like, when was the last time he slept? And Kowalski just seems about like getting it done, doing the business or keeping his mind distracted, like maybe based on his, you know, the, his past. And he demands another car. And then we see him take off in that fucking challenger. And that's when we first see it. Yep. Yeah, that's I wanted to ask you guys, like, what what exactly is Kowalski's job? I mean, we we hear that he's a uh, he delivers cars. But normally when you deliver cars, you're not driving the car to, like, well, you know, hundreds yeah. of miles, you know, to another location. So there has to be something a little bit shady as to what he's doing. Well, yeah, that was that was my read. It's like he's uh, that's exactly it. Like, yo, take this hot car. This is a car that is, you know, hasn't been sold through fucking conventional means and mm-hmm. uh, go drop it off. Yeah, like it's one of those cars that went to the chop shop. They flipped it. Now it's got new numbers on it. And then right. there's a buyer in California who wants it. Like, yeah. Take it there. Okay, but that's so, not what it is, though. And he's not transporting drugs under the fucking fenders or anything. Like, no, it's just it's a legit car, they said. And that's the thing about this movie that's weird, too, is like he's eluding police, but that's like a, such a minor infraction. They can't really, they're like, well, we don't really have anything on him. Like, what, you know, we haven't gotten him pulled over yet. But other than that, he's just like not pulling over, resisting right. arrest, I guess, or what. Or, I I have a theory as to why that is. We'll talk about that when we get. And once he crosses that. the border to the next state, it's like yeah. all right, it starts over in that that state now. Just the car though, real quick. I don't know. I just the moment we see it for the first time, and he's just fucking getting on it in that parking garage, like in the garage or whatever it is, like before yeah. he even gets it on the road. And I'm just thinking, like, man, this car is. You're supposed to be delivering this to somebody who bought it, and you're just beating the shit out of it, like driving it off the road. <laughs> That's a th- that's Jumps. the other thing too. It's like what? you see the rim pop off at one point. I think when he fucking does it. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, hey, at least it's not like in Bullet where five hubcaps you know roll off the car as uh, <laughs> they're uh, racing down the uh, in that chase the famous chase scene. Yeah. The, uh, the that's uh, another movie that has like yeah, it's a good car. That's also there. a nice kind of counterculture movie too. Bullet. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I've seen it. Um, well, what I will say about the car, this this car became like uh, not only famous for film. I mean, it it, it is a nice looking car. Um, I'm not a Dodge guy. I'm not a Mopar guy. But, uh, obviously, I'm wearing. Well, people can't see this, but I am wearing a Chevrolet T-shirt. I yeah, am, yeah. I'm, I'm a I, GM. I remember what I wanted to say. It was just that this. So this this film's from '71. The car was made in '70, so it's like a brand new fucking muscle. Yeah, right. and this, this car is like the epitome of American muscle. Yeah, this time. it's like the peak of American muscle. Mopar. Yeah, this is one of the last great muscle cars produced of that era. Mm. Uh, the I mean, there were there's some other good ones that were produced afterwards, but like you know, this is one of the more like really iconic ones that uh, you know get talked about. And I know after this film came out, the car became really really popular. A lot yeah. of people wanted right. it, uh, and obviously with the the as time has gone on, uh, this car has become gone way up in value, and right. especially it's been like, remade. Yeah, after after the remake and after Death Proof, especially, it went up even more. Like this car, mm-hmm. it, especially in this color, I want the Alpine White. That's the because that's what was in Vanishing Point. That's the movie I love. Yeah, I want to get that car. It's like the Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit, like that model. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, exactly the shit out of that. Or, or like uh, Ford has uh, has. Pretty much, uh, banked off of Bullet forever for the last sixty years that that film's been out. They yeah. have made, they have remade the Bullet Mustang in so many different eras. It's it's ridiculous. 
just like this is just one of those iconic cars and films. Yeah, it is. It's definitely up there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he stops at um, he stops at like a biker spot on his way when he starts getting going, and he gets himself some speed for the trip, which I thought was interesting. And he takes a he makes a bet with his dealer, who he seems really chummy with, um, that he can deliver the car in what fifteen hours. Was yeah. It? yeah. Or, which seems from Colorado to San Francisco. Man, I mean, you have to be traveling at like 110 miles an hour. Yeah, but he like just right off the bat, like he fucks it up. Like, yeah, it's not happening. Like as soon as the film, like his first altercation with the cops just creates this whirlwind of police chasing him from state to state. So it's like, that's yeah. it. Well, it's well it's other like, slows him down way too much. Well, other than like us needing to have that, that uh that tension with the police for the movie to happen i do have a theory as to why that takes place which is as we learn more uh, which we'll talk about as we learn more about kowalski as a character because we do get flashbacks of his life Mm -hmm. yeah he's dealing with some things yeah and he yeah and with dealing with the police uh Uh because we'll find out some stuff about him as we go go along next we meet super soul who is a radio dj and basically the voice of the film Mm-hmm. Uh, I do yeah. like this character. Play, yeah, Super Soul is awesome. Played by, uh, if you're a fan of Blazing Saddles, as I am, Clavon Little. That's mm-hmm. the film that really made him. Uh, this is, I think, was his first film. This, I think, this is his theatrical debut. Uh, the um, obviously Blazing Saddles made him really famous in that Mel, great Mel Brooks film. But actually, what was really interesting to find out about this guy is he was mostly a theater actor. Uh, hmm. which I did not expect from him at all. Hmm. And yeah, he was also like every other actor in this, in this film didn't really hit a huge mark of fame, but they were always working. They were kind of just the working character actors that would pop up in this like little film here or that. TV yeah, show. There. There's parts for everybody. Yep. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm glad to have Cleavon little in this. Cause I think he's perfect in the role as, I think he's great. Player. Yeah, and like I said, he's the voice of the film. Like, you hear him, he's the one that talks you through it, you know, narrates. And I like the mix of music, uh, mixed with the shots of the car speeding through the open country and the funk sort of 70s vibe that we get from the radio host. And, uh, yeah, we so Kowalski gets, he mixes it up with some motorcycle cops, like, right off the bat, right? Like, you just see them wanting him to pull over. And he ends up knocking them off the bikes and it triggers like his first flashback for us, at least uh, as the audience to like his motorcycle racing days. And the editing is just sloppy here. I'm just like, yeah, the way it transitions, I'm like, what the fuck? It just the movie just flips all of a sudden. It's a really bad like flashback. I and- also wonder, too, because uh, obviously Kowalski, I mean, he's on uppers. He's on yeah. okay. amphetamines. Like it's kind of and this. uh when I when I think about this film, I think a lot about Easy Rider is like the other really famous road film. Mm-hmm. And in that film, too, there's a lot of these flashbacks that occur, but it's because they are really high most of the time. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that was kind of the idea behind some of like the weird kind of, you know, he's going through this thing and it, it triggers something. But it's all it's kind and of his mind just sort of jumps there because he's on speed or whatever. I mean, that's an interesting take. I, I seriously doubt that was the reasoning, though, to be probably honest. not. But I'm, I I'm think it's just that... quick thrown together filmmaking, which is fine. But it just it's an abrupt like just like that. And the time where we switch times to the past in the beginning, I think 
those are scenes that should have been handled with more care so that the audience is brought along the journey for you. Like, oh, okay, now we're two days behind or uh, right. this is a flashback. We're, we're dealing with his past. Like, it's just not really, obviously you figure it out. You're like, oh, he's in a motorcycle outfit all of a sudden. If you notice that that's actually the same actor, like he's got a yeah. helmet on. So people might not even notice that. But yeah, yeah. we get that. And oh, so what were you going to say, John? They do they they do a really good job of making him look fucked up. When you see <laughs> yeah. his shots when he's driving, like he looks spun the fuck out. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, that shit caught me off. I was just like, oh my good lord. This guy looks like he's fucking been awake for 14 for days, days straight. Well, he looks like Ray Liotta combat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, John, because uh, you said you, you kind of did catch some of the remake. Did yeah. Did any of these scenes kind of play out like in the in the remake? Uh, I watched the first 20 minutes of it. OK. Um, and so it does start off the exact same with like the bulldozers coming in mm-hmm. and them setting up the roadblock. Um, there's a little more of like a, a fixation on a girl, though. Like it seems like she, there's like another character in there Bear? or I didn't catch her. Name. Uh. Uh, this is like literally while they're setting up the roadblock. And you see Vigo coming at it, and uh, uh, it it the opening was the same, but I definitely didn't get as far to where it's like they start having the flashback parts. So um, oh, I was gonna see yeah. if like maybe it wasn't quite as janky as this one is. I'm tempted to watch it, but I I've already seen that like it's supposedly like a terrible remake. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard the same I, thing. As, but... uh, I think this movie could be made into a cool movie though, uh, like a modern, more contemporary. I think I think that if our friends uh, Tarantino or Robert Rodriguez took a shot at this. They could make it real. Well, I mean, Quentin sort of already did, right? He made Death Grip, So, Well, he used the car. It's not but the film. This, but... this isn't exactly a yeah. uh, Death Grip is not a vanishing point. It's his version. So speaking yeah. of that, actually, um, he ends up losing the cops. Um, he knocks them down, and then they get up. Um, I think they jump on the same bike, and it's fucked up, and they get out of there. But he yeah. gets out of there. And he, by doing so, he jumps off a dirt ramp, right? That's like, uh, <laughs> it's got like cautionary, like uh, fucking roadblock in front of it or something like yeah, that. So yeah. nobody he drives off of it. Hazard his way fucking out Dukes of there. Hazard's all, his way off the fucking thing and then lands onto a highway. And it's the same shot that Death Proof copied. Yep. Oh, really? <laughs> I realized it when I was watching it. It's the yeah. part where they come out off the dirt road and then end up on the highway. And I'm like, dude, Quentin was totally grabbing that same shot for his Fuck movie. Yeah, was. Was. That's cool to see. That's that, crazy. Like you said, like the cinematic archaeology of like, oh shit, here's where the scene came from. Yeah. That 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 was I it, it's a great shot. That's why that's why yeah, Quentin cool. took it for himself, because gotta have it. Yeah, it's a cool stunt. Um because there's there's a there's a good bit of just great driving and stunt work in this film too. Um because it's a car film. So that's basically what they lean into in these kind of films. Right. Um you know, you got your silent protagonist in this uh, with Kowalski. Um, and so I have a question. At this point in the film, like, are how are you liking the aesthetic, like the music and the driving segments? Like, is it getting you into the film at this point? So for me, I'll go first here. For me, it's, I'm not even, a, I'm not a real big car guy to begin with, right? So at, at this point in the film, I'm like, this is, you know, it's interesting and it's it's got my attention, but I'm I'm not like, my socks aren't definitely fucking blown off yet. Right. So I'm sitting there like waiting for it to come. Cause we alluded to the fact too, also that it was, it, it felt a little hard to, to follow. Right. Like, um, 
as well as I'm watching it and I'm trying to trying to figure out what's going on. And I do I do like a movie that that doesn't fucking spoon feed you everything. Right. So I, mm-hmm. I, I did appreciate that. You know, I'm sitting here kind of piecing this together like, OK, this guy, he's, he's all fucked up on uppers. Clearly, you know, something's going on, something from his past. He's, you know, he's he's running, you know, the uh, symbolism of him running away from everything is his past. Is like, yeah. You know, so so I, I did appreciate that aspect of it. And and I do think for a car movie, right, it's fucking critical that all your action shots are are very good. Right. Because it's like if that's if that's what you're leaning into, if that's what is if that that's what your primary focus is going to be, then you should do it good, right? And that's I I think it up until this point it has been uh, I've really enjoyed all the action sequences. Yeah, you, know, you brought it up when we talked about uh, M. John, but like with uh, you know the foreign films and stuff like that, where you kind of had to fucking pay attention. This felt like a film I had to really pay attention to because if you look away for a few seconds, you're going to miss something. Because there's not a lot of this is not a dialogue heavy film. This is it's more of you just have to kind of like watch what's happening unfolding. And oh, you might miss the flashback or you might miss like this little thing that the character does because there's no dialogue at all. It's like I guess you kind of it's equivalent of like a slice of life sort of film. Like this is like 72 hours of Kowalski's life or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, at this point, too, I because I, this is only my second time seeing this. Uh, I was digging the vibe at this point. Like, I'm just the production value, the shots, uh, the, the racing and the music. I was like, all right, this is cool 70s, like, cinema. And I was digging that. And, I'm, you know, I'm kind of hoping that it gets a little bit better. Definitely, like, you find out more or you see a little bit more plot, um, which these films aren't that heavy on, to be honest. But so, like, my other question would be, and I, John, I know you, you kind of already answered this, but like, are road films your thing at all? Like, uh, this might be more for Rob, but like films like this, uh, Mad Max, Duel, Cannonball Run, Smoky. Oh, Duel is fucking awesome. It's I set, love Yeah, Duel. like just films that deal with, uh, you know, centered around cars and vehicles and like, so, like constantly being on the road. You know what I mean? Like there's either a, oh, an objective wow. they're going to or it's a race or like someone's chasing them and they can't get off the highway. That, those kind of films. Yeah, it's not 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 really my uh, my cup of tea, right? But uh, uh, I I mean I don't really have like a specific reason as to why. It's just I something I, I guess I haven't uh, naturally gravitated towards. But they're mainly older genre films, I feel like, and that might be why too. Uh, they don't they don't really put films out like this anymore, like stuff like totally, uh, totally. Death Race. Like Gone in sixty seconds is something that I would think of, right? Like Gone in sixty seconds is fucking. Dope. very true and so what i think without films like this like you wouldn't have your fast and furious like stuff like that those cars no they, they those films owe a lot to these films yeah so to, well to answer your question heidelberg i yes i am a fan of these films uh one because my dad is a huge fan of these type of films uh, vanishing, yeah. vanishing point not so much uh but mm. like uh, of these style of films like, like i said i grew up watching easy rider i grew up watching movies like le mans uh, with Steve McQueen, uh, Bullet mm. with Steve, a lot of Steve McQueen ones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, all these type of films, I, I, uh, I would watch, and my dad would also tell because he grew up in that era, and so or like American Graffiti is another one too. That's also kind of one of these like road yeah, yeah. films as well. And I grew up watching these, and my dad would kind of tell me about the history behind them and like why these were kind of important. And he would tell me his experiences of these of these type of films. And like what he went through and the, yeah, I, I was like the guy, uh, the guys on Easy Rider where 
you know, motorcyclists were not looked at very favorably and he would have to kind of, they would have to kind of ride around and find a, you know, a, a shitty motel or yeah. a campsite to hang out at where the bikers were welcome or the, uh, you know, cruising around. It's probably was an interesting welcome. time for cinema too. Cause like you said, it's all like contemporary stories based on like all these different social groups and of the time uh, yeah. outliers and stuff like that. And they're in like my dad's always kind of been a rebellious type of guy. And so yeah, Hell like, yeah. I, I lived in these type of times. I was that rebellious guy. He still kind of is in a lot of ways, which is why I'm I'm kind of the asshole that I am today. But yeah, so I grew so I grew up like and not only did I watch these films, but I learned about the culture behind them and why they're important and why these were so big in the 70s, like why there were so many of these fucking movies. Yeah. So, yeah, I like this. I do like these type of films. Some do it better than others. And there's, like I said, sometimes you have that that enigmatic main character. And really, the 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 actors are not really the, what's important. It's the cars. It's kind of the, the yeah. action behind it. And I don't know if you guys have seen the original Gone in 60 Seconds. That movie's fucking wild. That is a... I have not, actually. It I is a... Either. It is wildly different from the from the remake. I'll just the say remake that. Is, I know, yeah. Oh, the remake's so good. The remake is very it good. It is good. That's good. You like the remake. Good page. I love but the I, remake. I would recommend watching the original. It's just it's very interesting. I think it's free on Amazon right now still. Maybe we'll put it on the maybe we'll watch it on here one day. I think I have not reviewed it, so yes, I, I would like to do that. I um, might have to that one I might have to bring my dad on for because he's <laughs> <laughs> he's too he's bad to the bone, man. Uh, but yeah, no. So to answer your question, yes, I do like these films a lot, and I think I do too. Um, so yeah, it's it's just an int- it's a different type of cinema that we just <laughs> don't really have anymore. Yeah, you don't see it as much anymore, and I think you and I, it feels like we kind of grew up with it a little bit more than John. Yeah, um, de- yeah. I remember these films a little bit more from back in the day. There's there's some bangers out there though that do it, like Chase's. Uh, Stuff like this, man. I'm drawing a blank on a really good like horror themed one. I can't remember what it's called. Well, Duel is a great horror themed. It's a it's a monster. Yeah, yeah. Movie. it is. I think yeah, that's, honestly, is, is that a Spielberg for, film? Duel? Yes, that's his directorial yeah. debut. Yeah, yeah. I actually, if you're gonna do uh, looking for an interesting film on a cut above, Duel would be one to do. That would be. Um, yeah. So Kowalski. The film uh, is giving us these flashbacks at this point. We got the motorcycle one, and then we get one that shows him um, as a race car driver. And he's in a wreck in that one, too. Like, he's in a wreck in both of the flashbacks. He's just moving <laughs> up the ladder, dude. Wrap it on a bike. Wrap it in a car. Fuck it. Yeah, bro. But, like, yeah, he was a NASCAR backs, driver, it looked like. Because yeah. uh, he, he was racing they at called Daytona. Him. Daytona Beach, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so he was he was a motorcycle racer. He raced cars. Uh we come to and then, there, then he's a cop we see later um so i just my question is not necessarily about the flashbacks uh like their subject matter but well a little bit but what did you guys think of like that method of like delivering his backstory like as far as i don't know like it seemed a I little liked, jarring it was right like i like that they show and don't tell like that's good that's good storytelling but to be honest like yeah the way they just pop in at times it did and my notes literally say disjointed and jarring yeah like I think they had the right idea here, but the execution just feels off, honestly. The first one is him racing, then motorcycle a motorcycle is crashing, then the next car crashes, and then we see later on he's a cop. And the progression is just like sort of, I don't know, it feels off. I So here, here I'm, I'm going to try to bail the movie out once again here. With, yeah, with, with, with the theory. 
So my thinking is, is because the way this, we'll, we'll talk about how this movie ends at the end, but this is a guy that is kind of reviewing his life. Mm, and okay. I think that there's certain things that are, are happening in this. It's kind of like reminding him, it's like, oh yeah, there's, there's this moment, like, you know, with wrecking motorcycles or he gets in that race with that other, that, uh, that other the Jaguar. Guy. Yeah, the that Jaguar. was a fucking that shit was weird funny. ass scene. It was. <laughs> scene. I thought I exactly. the guy just came out of nowhere, and I was like, it's "Was like, he on the radio? Like, did he decide like, oh, this guy's in my area? I'm gonna go try and fucking find him." Yeah, it's like, oh well, and maybe because they're on this long stretch of highway, no one's fucking there. Well, he's just some idiot driving. Race. I'm gonna race this fucker. Got a helmet on. Yeah, yeah bro, the thing. guy looked like a fucking maniac. What are you doing? He did. I love the accident though. Yeah, the yeah. And so this is this is a guy that is he is going over his life, uh, and that's why like the the memory it's almost like he's having these flashbacks of like yeah. kind of remembering. Like when he his sees life. the girl at the gas station, it reminds him of his girl. Yeah, uh, the girl, the girl that that he saved. Yep, Captain right? Save a Ho. Yeah, and we don't and we don't know really what's going on with Kowalski. I because I have a question too. Is like what the hell is Kowalski's like? What's what is his deal? Why is he doing all the things that he's doing well, at I this point, it's... like in the present? Yeah. What was the bet? Right. And then the bet, I guess well, he just, the... like you said, he's a little unhinged uh, yeah. at this point. Anyway, he, he's taking the job without getting rest. Like he's just about the works distracting him. He likes the speed. He likes to, he likes to drive fast. And you know what I mean? Uh, and well, just... and to go along with these films too, Kowalski is not a guy that stays. He does not, follow along with the rest of society he oh he's a motor he races motorcycles he races cars he uh he's a well he's a war hero so th there's that yeah there, we'll find out later yeah yeah uh but then he also as we find we'll find out later that he he was a police officer and instead of just letting this cop you know do horrible things to this woman that you uh, very pervert yeah he fucks that guy up and he ends up getting he's the one that gets in trouble not the other police officer because that guy was his uh superior and yeah. i think that's why like he has just like but how do you know, even like, know like he gets in trouble like they don't even show that right i don't even know no, not at, not at first we find out yeah. about that later on from that scrapbook thing or whatever the picture that yeah. the naked motorcycle check had. Oh, totally dude. <laughs> so dude. yeah what no i was just saying like yeah that motorcycle yeah. check. so yeah so he's a cop in the flashback he's in the front seat his partner's like a fucking manhandling this young girl in the back. It's unclear whether he's just trying to rape her or also try and get information out of her. It, like it was I, both. It sounded like so like an he's like, hey, was, you know, help me yeah, out. You don't give me what I want. I'm gonna fuck you. So yeah. like, yeah, it's like both. I don't know. So because well, he asked her which house did it come from. So he's like, yeah, okay, he's one thousand so. percent trying to get information from her. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. just also like, oh, I'm gonna fuck you too. Yeah, and it's and gross. It's and fucking of... Kowalski does something about it, which is good. Yeah. He intervenes and which she looks... is why i like it's it's funny because rob you mentioned that he like you know goes against the grain of society and this and that kind of thing but it's like the whole movie though we're just being told about what a fucking hero he is you know what i mean like he, yeah, he does through, the right through not only actions but through like the subtleties of, of like we talk about the board later on the uh the storyboard fucking thing that the the chick has and then um even the girl that uh you know, that he's getting high with in the van that later on that we learn, you know, was his girlfriend or, you know, cared about her. There's some kind of connection there between those two. Um, even then, because she says something along the lines of, uh, 
Oh, fuck. You guys might have to help me out here. She, she says something along the lines of like, good thing you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Or like, like he, I, it seemed like he was a cop at this point still. And like, it, like had this woman jammed up or something, but she mentions, she mentions something to him about, and this was, this is where I got a little confused, but about him not doing his job and then them being together. And oh, so, so you I, think like he didn't bust her and they had a thing. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. and I think I think too with because uh, these type of films are all most of our main characters are antiheroes in a lot of sense. These are these are the uh, the the prelude to the antihero. Mm. Yeah, and you know, like in Bonnie and Clyde, Bonnie and Clyde are not necessarily good people. No, um, actually, a good double. But feature. they are the stars of that movie. Yeah, but they but in uh, in that time period when they were when they were going through and like robbing these banks, there was was a a part of society that did look up to them as oh, yes. they were celebrities as bad as they that. were and so the 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 Bonnie and Clyde movie that we get in the 70s is kind of that uh you know showing the heroics how people saw them as heroes in a sense mm-hmm. similar to Bush Cassie and the Sundance Kid they're doing some you know bad things but they are going against a, the grain you know yeah they're going against the grain of society they're kind of the heroes in in some people's eyes people still talk about them obviously yeah what so, was that uh what was that kevin costner and woody harrelson what was that uh bonnie and clyde movie they played the guy the highwayman that's the real story of bonnie and clyde uh, how is that i never saw that it is yeah, that was good. fucking tastic bro that was nice. cool. a good double feature would be bonnie and clyde from the 70s and the highwayman okay you'll so, get both sides of the story and it's really fantastic this is a weird tangent, maybe. I, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I just might be weird. But the scene with the girl at in the patrol car uh, takes place next to, like, an oil well. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's, like, a Texan police or whatever. So there's an oil well, and they focus on one labeled well number 18. And I just couldn't help but think, like, was, was this supposed to be taken as, like, a sexual innuendo about the girl that was just about to get raped? Like, it's weird. The oil yeah. well's pumping oil in the background, up and down, up and down, and, like, I, she gets I away from the feeling... cop, and she's obviously like a barely legal, like eighteen-year-old, like possibly, like that's. What that's... Looks like. I did think it was my... weird that the fucking oil that the 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 because you're right, they do they there is a very obvious shot of like they focus see the on oil the well, oil. and then we and then we pan down to like the name of the well, and it's like well number eighteen, and I'm just like, is that supposed to be like symbolism? Well, Lisa won the well sixty-nine. Ah, not sixty-nine. <laughs> just the, 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 not not sixty nines themselves, just the situation in the film. Yeah, no, because uh, yeah. I assume I I kind of had the same theory. I was like, there there's obviously some sort of symbolism that's going on here. Yeah, there. I do like that. Uh, he looks a lot younger in this flashback too. Yeah, kind of very clean cut too with the the yeah. look because he's in a, in uniform and his hair. Yeah, hey, his hair is a lot shorter. It's just such a weird progression though. He went from cop to race car driver, motorcycle racer, and now like car delivery guy. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it's, hey, you know what? You do what you do. You do what you need to do to to make money and survive. Well, no, I, I think it. that that all comes because that chick ends up dying. And yeah, so Vera dies. There's obviously they're in love. I think at that, yeah. you know, wh- whatever their situation was, however they came to to be. Yeah, yeah, and then she drowns apparently. Um, yeah, surfing. It's like his surfer girl. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, and yeah. So I was like, I, it almost made me wonder if the surfer girl, uh, what's her, Bridget Fonda from. Um, Jackie Brown was, is she a character from that book or was she put in there by Quentin because of this surfer girl from oh, Vanishing sure, Point? Sure. 
one da- Jackie Brown is a fucking fantastic. Yeah, that's a bad nobody, talk- nobody talks about that too much. Like uh, that's what another Tarantino film that kind of gets by far. It's not one that he movie. created. It's it's him adapting a story. Yeah, uh, so I think that's why it never gets taken in the same breath as talked about as his other films that he's a creator of. You know, but still, Jackie Brown's a banger, and it's still yeah. Because what is it? It's called. It's based on like Paradise Punch or some some something like something that. like that. Yeah. Coconut, but yeah, I didn't think about that. Bridget Fonda's character is kind, you know, a, kind of a, an homage to the Surfer Girl, that uh, Vera. Maybe, yeah, or from that era at least, because they said, you know, these movies had Surfer Girls, and right, stuff, right. Or naked chicks on motorcycles, like fucking I, right? Really? <laughs> well, and that that film is also kind of the um, uh, an homage to the seventies again. It's a, yeah, it is, it is exploitation type of film. Uh huh. It is totally yeah. That's a good call. It's a great film. So yeah. Uh, so he does a sick burnout out of the, the gas station, and I just—I don't know—I just loved. Well, I just like watching this car take off the tail end, the way this car like fishtails and then like writes itself. Like it just, that car yeah. is a bang. That car is fucking awesome because I, I I do know a few people who own it, and yeah, it's it's fucking yeah, it's, it's a beast. Cool. And I know there's some trivia with the car. I don't know um, if you have it, uh, but the, like a lot of I guess a lot of people think that there's a Hemi on this one, but it's actually not a Hemi. Um, nope, no, it's there. It's this was a i think the the uh stock motor and i do have some other stuff like towards the end as like you know some of the uh uh when they are kind of wrecking the car they're using something they're actually using um a, a different car but they kind of frame it in a certain way so you don't notice it yeah it says uh the car featured in the film is a 1970 dodge challenger rt with a 440 cubic inch v8 and not a 426 hemi v8 as is often believed Huh. Yeah, because um, I think that came into because this is one of the early versions of this car because mm-hmm. it was it was a new design. Yeah, eight eight. When you get the new design that there's usually uh they they have the upgrades in segments. So like a couple years later, they're gonna add the Hemi. A couple years later, they're gonna add something else to. Gotcha. Uh, they do that with Corvettes. They do that with Camaros all the time. So it says eight white Challengers. Uh, were loaned from the Chrysler Corporation. Yep. To- uh, because they uh shoot, there was something about like the uh they had a deal. The this producer had a deal with Dodge, uh, and so they were able to actually get these cars for fairly inexpensive. They were they he's were probably uh, using Dodge vehicles in other films that he's putting out. Too, yeah, something, something like you know. that. And uh, the car that they wreck at the end is actually not a Dodge. They wrecked something. <laughs> Which interesting <laughs> so at this point in the film too super soul is now like um he's cued in on the on the news of kowalski's uh chase uh his right. partner finds out uh, like over the wire or whatever that printout who is uh i noticed it's the Adam, yeah, yeah he's the dad from good times he's also oh. in uh, he's the in fresh prince of bel-air that's where i oh yeah that's right the big him. the big mac yeah but he's got right. his own money yeah <laughs> but it's right he is in good times i totally forgot about yeah that's well, he he's listening to the fucking frequency, right? That's how that's how he picks it up, right? Initially, because he's yeah. like listening to like the 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 police chatter or whatever, whatever their line is. And then he prints and out the report or whatever, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The transcript. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna ask a question here too because this is something that kind of confused me a little bit. Yeah, shoot it, dude. Yeah, we we know that obviously uh, Super Soul is over the 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 broadcast airwaves because. Kowalski just happens to be listening to this channel. I guess this mm-hmm. is a popular channel radio right. station of this area. And so 
he's feeding information to Kowalski because he's like, oh yeah, we got to help this guy. He's super cool. And, the, and everyone, it seems like everyone knows the story of Kowalski and like what he's done in his life. He seems like a very popular character. But it's almost like when Super Soul is talking through the radio, there's almost like Kowalski can talk to him back to him because they're almost having a conversation. Well, the film's cut like that. Like uh, yeah, thing. is that is that a like that's what I was asking. Is he does he have like some other like way that he's talking to the radio station? No, no. It's just a movie he's just picking up with what Soul's putting down. And I Soul's... think it's supposed to show us like how much they know each other. I think that's the point of it, where it's like they're literally having the conversation like you're talking about. Cause there's a, there's this very specific scene where he's like, uh, like, how are you doing? Kowalski? And he's like tired. And he's like, yeah, I bet you're tired. And so it's like, I think it's supposed to show us like, for whatever reason, these two guys are, it's like his guy in the chair, right? Like his fucking, that's his, his, his navigator. Sort of, yeah. That's how he's getting all of his information. And he, they, they're just, such kindred spirits that they have that kind of fucking connection is, is yeah, how without I actually knowing each oh, other. Okay. Right. All right. All right. Cause I don't, they okay. definitely didn't, he definitely wasn't talking to him and I definitely don't think they knew each other. No, I don't think so either, but I do like the fact that they're sort of like talking to each other over mm-hmm. the frequency. I mean, trust me, it's cool for the movie. I was just like, and it's like keeping Kowalski going too. Cause it's like a voice. Otherwise it's just Kowalski in the car, like sped out. Like he's not talking. Right. Yeah. So he's just driving. So he's got like that. At least he's got, you know, this voice kind of egging him on like, yeah, you, you got this. And he's kind of like you said, he's kind of feeding him code sometimes in the language yeah. he's speaking about where to go or where not to go, um, which is what gets, gets him in hot water later with the good old boys when they show up. Oh, boy. Um, and they, you can see, too, outside the window, like there's a crowd starting to grow as this chase keeps going. And the radio, he seems to be the only guy who's like reporting about it. So um that everybody listens to him so like they're all like in, i don't know they're just embroiled now in this whole thing they want to find out how it ends i bet so like their closest thing i guess is to like we're gonna hang out around the radio station and, and when the news breaks you know we'll find out first about what happened to and, and we, we also know that he's blind too which is yeah 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 he's blind yeah he's a cool character i like the setup of just like you know uh his partner sort of like helping him out so he can do his thing at the radio station he's like this awesome dj um i definitely i kind of got like black panther vibes a little bit from from uh him and his his group like they weren't in the garb but oh yeah, oh, yeah of it, the way it was saying, framed yeah. or shot it kind of like evoked that uh sort of imagery i guess maybe not, not the marvel film but the actual people the, no no, the no yeah not from wakanda <laughs> like, like the actual movement around this time in the 60s i was like i was gonna do the wakanda forever science like for a second yeah <laughs> But yeah, no, so he, like he's like the one guy who's like, if you want to hear about what's happening right now, like he's basically telling it live what's going on with Kowalski. And like that, that those two new cops that we find uh, later on from Nevada, uh, Collins and uh, what's the other, the other guy fucking name? Charlie, Deputy Charlie. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're like, you know, they have that conversation where Charlie's like, well, how is he? How is the radio guy getting all this information? He's like the same way you're getting it right now, like over the yeah. fucking frequency. Police band, yeah. Frequency, yeah. So I kind of like that. Uh, I, I even took it like I wasn't sure if Super Soul was supposed to be like a pirate radio station or at first because they talk about him like as if like nobody knew where his location was. But then people start lining up outside. No, I because the, the the station name is it pretty is, much. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? what I, you know what? What I was thinking of what um when it came to this film, like as far as like the what who Super Soul reminded me of. 
is Sam Jackson's character in Do the Right Thing. I don't know if you guys have seen that film. I have, yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of the uh, where, yeah, he's essentially in the center of all the action, um, you know, and he's kind of he is the DJ that's kind of telling the the story mm -hmm. a little bit like what's going on. Well, yeah, and this it's it's a trope. It's a character type that's been used in other films. The Warriors has one. Oh, when God. the lady. Yeah, we're going to cover that. And there's a woman who speaks over the radio about the Warriors and what they're doing and sort of narrates that. Um, yeah, I'm pumped to watch that. I've never seen that. Yeah, we uh, we got to uh, you know, we get that a little bit. Get one in John Wick 4. Yeah. 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 That's an homage to that one as well. Probably both these films, I guess, like that and yeah. the Warriors. Maybe. And that's that's what's cool about cinema, right? Like you, that's your thing, Rob. Like the the archaeology of it to see that like there's branching paths where ideas bleed over to other people and inspire people to do similar things and homages. Yeah, it's great. To I, I it's love cool finding to track those, it down. Yeah. I love finding those connections because especially when it's done in the right way, it's like you're not you're not just stealing from them. You're 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 kind of inspired by this idea and you want to have a similar type of character and but you kind of put it in your own language mm -hmm. yeah and, you know vanishing point does this well obviously this is one of the first ones that i can think of that does this and a lot of people have borrowed from it because this film has really inspired a lot of people and then, the film, and then the films that this has inspired has inspired other people to kind of have that type of character as well yeah the Charlie character, the cop, that uh, fucking, he's a little twerp. Uh, John, yeah, you had yeah. mentioned he says some questionable, there's some questionable language that he uses, you know, of the time. But just like, just like the character himself, the way the guy plays him, he's just like, oh man, like, he just seems like such a fucking dickhead. He's a like, swarmy piece of shit. Yeah, he is swarmy. And he's got like, kind of like, small dick energy with authority, though. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so like, he does have balls. He's got big balls, but he's got a small small dick you know what i mean yeah. like, <laughs> so it, you know what that means uh, dude he fucking smoked it so guy's a real dope actor i mean look at yeah. us we hate him I, yeah Man. i didn't like him at all yeah that, they what, flipped the car uh, what's his name and giving chase to uh kowalski kowalski like outmaneuvers them and they fucking flipped their car and yep. that one house pretty bruised up and this fucking prick's like come on we're going get the fuck out we gotta get going yeah yeah and they get in another car with some more cops yeah it's it's crazy like to yeah, I that takes some good acting because I guarantee that that actor is does not believe in any of that shit. But you have to. I mean, who knows? But <laughs> well, I'm gonna assume because a, yeah, give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah either way, I, I mean, it, yeah, I have reviewed other films that are a little bit more. Some of the language is questionable. Some of the uh, the way that a certain actor well, it works for this film i mean the, those yeah. types of dudes are going to be slinging around that kind of language i mean they, they do say, they do they do exist yeah. uh, you know the yeah. n-word used in this film and a scene that's like impactful and it's it's used the way it would be used in that situation like those are the right. dudes very degrading slang in that kind of language right you know what right. i mean and, and this film takes place at a time where you know it's a fucking it's a hotbed for there's there's a you know, fucking tension between races and the government and uh, and where is the radio station? Gangs. Do we? I don't know. That's a good question. Actually, where was he? Was he somewhere in the middle? Was he in the beginning? He's probably somewhere in the middle. I was think he in he California, Nevada, or Arizona. It felt more like Nevada. Yeah, you know what? I'm thinking more Nevada because, uh, yeah, because that good old boy Charlie, Deputy Charlie, he goes to like some other dudes, right? It looks kind of like a relative of his, and that's when we see that other guy who attacks the radio station right right they're not the same guy but it looks kind of like charlie's character i thought it was kind of like yeah they, they are similar i i just yeah. for i was thinking with just how 
obviously that 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 uh that timeline it is what it is uh you know that that was a lot more common and and everywhere but uh, for whatever reason i just i was thinking it was somewhere in the south like just the the, the yeah. way it looked and the way that the the, the kind of um cuz even it, it's like we, we kind of we kind of glossed over it but even the beginning of 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 uh super soul when he's coming when he's coming to the radio station it's like you see a lot of these old white dudes sitting in the street, just kind of fucking glaring at him as he's like as he walks walking, in. and you know he's walk. He's got his dog, and he's walking to the station. And it almost uh, like a they make a, a a conscious effort to show like they get up and start to follow him to the radio station, like some mm. of these 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 old white dudes, right? And then he he gets in there, and and I guess just that's what made me that 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 was my own mental journey as to like oh this is somewhere in the south this. Like this guy, this is where he's at. But uh, obviously, it doesn't make much sense to the story. Is realistically, it probably is somewhere in Nevada, and but it's just I, during that time yeah. frame. That's just yeah. That wasn't like that I was something that, that was is, only in the South. Yeah. 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 The reason I say that is because you know this is not you know we don't have satellite radio at this point. You know it's FM AM main. Yeah, main yeah, 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 yeah. And so you would have you would have to be. This is a Close. local radio station. Right, right. That, that makes sense. So, because otherwise, Kowalski wouldn't be able to hear what the fuck Super Soul is saying. You know, it's not sure, this sure. is not serious XM. This is mm. you know, it's not good a, point. Some fuck uh, radio station in like the the Southwest. <laughs> you know, it's right. Yeah. At this but, point, but, too. But, what? I, I, don't, I one last thing. I was like, it is kind of funny how you you kind of have like these old kind of this old class of white people who's kind of you know doesn't like having a Super Soul kind of being in their town being the popular radio station of the time. And like, you know, they're, they're sitting on the white, their version of their, their stoop. You know, we kind of see that. Right. We get the, the epitome of that. Like, Oh, uh, we have the black, the old black guys in Harlem sitting on their stoop and like, Oh, that they're the ones causing troubles. Like, well, these guys are kind of doing the same fucking thing and they're, you know, bum fuck town in the middle of nowhere. They have nothing better to do than be, you know, be a dickhead. Yeah. They're just sitting on the fucking street and they're, like you said, John, they're just glaring at this dude. Kind of, you know. Obviously, Super Soul feels unwanted uh, yeah. when he's walking, oh. and that's it's subtle too. Because I didn't, re- I, honestly, I didn't even pick that up until you mentioned it. Oh, that scene, I sort of just took it as like this guy's walking to work. But yeah, interesting. The idea of a blind man getting glared at is pretty funny to me too. Yeah. yeah right? the, well, and the other thing about these films too, the time frame that the, a lot of uh, civil unrest is happening around these. Well, times. that's what it is. This guy's got a voice. He's on the radio. You know what I mean? Yeah, so they don't exactly. have that. These old good old boys. Which right. wouldn't have happened maybe like 10 years ago. If this film was made in the 60s, this would yeah. not be a thing. And then when he starts helping Kowalski with his voice and people start picking up on that, you know, that's when... Because they probably cops... don't... Want, they, they, a lot of these guys will see Kowalski as the criminal. Why is this guy helping the criminal? Yeah, out? exactly. And in reality, he is... Uh, you know, he is kind of a hero to. It's some like people. what he's standing, like his image, the image of him, like not stopping for the police and like not. Right, right. Into, yeah, of course. So, of uh, course, someone like Super Soul will be like, yeah, fuck those guys. Let's help this guy out. Yeah. And I I, I kind of dig that. And Super Soul speaks to him as that moment where um, Kowalski drives off into the desert and super speaks. It's like Super knows the last location. What was that? You know, that he drove off in the desert away from the cops and the cops are kind of just going to let him be out there for a minute. Right. It's not good. It's not a good spot to be driving. Uh, your car's going to overheat, you know, you're going to run out of gas. In that so, time frame, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, you're driving that old muscle car. It's carbureted. Um, I don't know. 
just sounds like a nightmare out there. But uh, and yeah, super speaks to him, too, and tells him, like, don't drive through the desert. Don't do it. And Kowalski does it anyway. Um, and we yeah, get this that is where we meet some really weird fucking characters in the desert. <laughs> you know, it's it like, is. It's, it's he, interesting. You know, he's Moses. He's wandering through the desert. Yeah, so Kowalski does, he does go through the desert anyway, and we get the flashback of Vera, and we see that they're in love, and, you know, his surfer girl, and that she died. Uh, Kowalski goes through the desert, and he gets a blowout while he's, like, just fucking hauling ass through the desert with this muscle car. And um, the blowout, he's got to change the tire, and so as he does that, he fixes the tire, and he, he kind of comes into the towards the back of the car to start putting everything away, and he comes into contact with this, like, rattlesnake. Uh, which is pretty gnarly. And like you said, this old man just sort of shows up out of the blue, like Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. uh, <laughs> in the desert. Um, and I, so he's a prospector. Apparently you'd said that's his, the name. Yeah. Of his so his character. So the, the, the actor is Dean Jagger. Uh, like a hermit. Character, yeah. The character's name is the pro all I saw was prospector. Mm-hmm. And um, the, uh, so if you're a fan of golden age, Hollywood, uh, you 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 might recognize this guy. He was a uh, mainly a contract player for most of his career. He's been in a like a shit ton of movies, like like some like 150, 200 movies. Wow. Uh, but he also won an Oscar for best supporting actor in a film called Twelve O'clock High in nineteen forty nine. So this guy, you know, probably was on. This is a towards the back end of his career, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you know, and a lot of these old actors would show up in these kind of counterculture films to kind of keep their career going because they didn't want to hire. So yeah, yeah, that's that's who this guy is. Yeah. So he, he catches the rattlesnake and that's like his thing. He, and you can tell this dude's like sun drunk, bro. Like he's been out in the sun way too, way too long. Uh, He helps Kowalski though. uh, And he hides the car under like those tumbleweeds when the cops helicopter starts zeroing in and circles around. And I just thought that part was pretty cool the way like, they camouflage the fucking car yeah. and the cops just can't yeah. see it. It's pretty cool. Um, it's just a cool image. There's a lot of helicopter shots actually of this film during this film, or at least images from behind. Maybe it's on there on a truck and they use like a little well, bit of range. Sh- all range those, shot. all those like overhead animated. shots that they get of the road, those are all helicopter shots. Yeah, but then there's shots yeah. from behind like Kowalski's car, but they're elevated as if like nowadays it would be like a drone, but. I don't know if that might be another truck behind them with like an that elevated is, camera on a boom or something like that, maybe. But I, because I think they're filming in the desert, that's that is a possibility. I didn't. It's a find close it. shot with a helicopter. It could be a helicopter, but that would be very close to the the road. Yeah, well. I was thinking like it. It's most likely a helicopter shot, but it's very possible. Like I said, yeah. it, it's it's very possible. It could be a, a tractor trailer with a camera like attached, trailing to behind it. to get the shot yeah. too. But yeah, so he catches the snake and he says that he uses them to barter he uses the snakes to trade and stuff and he's got a bunch of them in this fucking basket and the hermit takes uh they the police find his truck but overhead and they think it's just abandoned and then so they don't see kowalski under the weeds and they bounce and the old man takes him to go trade the snakes he takes them to this like weird evangelist sort of oh my uh, god church group like i'm guessing it's one of these like Christian church groups that believe in the snake snake bites or whatever, like one of those. Yeah, That's what it's, it was yeah I but, uh, there's a there's a scripture that talks about being able to handle snakes. You'll you'll stomp on scorp uh, stomp on scorpions and handle serpents. And so they're the fucking this crazy belief of like, oh well, you know, the snake they can they they can handle snakes because uh, 
Yeah, it's weird. God's protecting. Yeah, him. this is this is kind of a weird cultish. You know, it's a Pentecostal, very Pentecostal, very yeah, old. Like, but this is a. But this is more of a cultish version of that. Yeah, traveling church yeah, in the like, middle of the desert. Yeah, I was like, okay. what the fuck is the point of this whole scene? I don't, I don't get this. I do not get this scene at all. Why is this? I don't movie? either, but I still kind of like it. Like I, I like, like the it. dude. I like <laughs> the dude that talks to the rattlesnake guy. The <laughs> He, I guess he's like the preacher or whatever. And yeah, the reverend. Snakes, yeah. He's like, oh, it's beautiful. He's like, we don't need this. We have yeah. the music. Yeah. Like the music of Christ or whatever. I, I guess it was like. So they, they were using. We're going to set the vipers free or something like that. They were, they, were bite, they were getting bit by snakes before and like, oh, I shit, show their faith. But it's like, oh, we don't need them. Now, now we have the music. music. Yeah, and the music gets oh, the people going. So I don't need the. I don't know. And then he like lets the snakes go, but he still says he'd barter with them. Gives him, yeah, gives up the gives gas. Gives him the gas, yeah, because he's like, who's that guy? Because he's very shady about, like, who's who's this stranger that you brought on to us, you know? Well, that that's where I think, like, the 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 cult vibes are there, because yeah. you have, uh, dude, this looks like, honestly, this, this looks like a sex commune, what this is. <laughs> I mean, the they, chicks that, are pretty cute. That, that preacher has fucked all those women, I guarantee <laughs> it. And the men. He's a sweaty looking <laughs> dude. Yeah, who knows? And that's what, but because now you have this new person that you're bringing on. It's like, who the fuck is that? You know, it's like, you know, he's not one of us. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. he gets the gas. Uh, the old man, the, the, the creature dude lets the snakes go. Um, and the old man says goodbye to Kowalski. Kowalski, he gives him directions, like crazy fucking directions, bro. Yeah. Of how to get out of there uh, through the desert. And, and he drive tells back. him. Yeah. Um, and then we hear at this point we hear because uh, there's more authorities getting involved in Kowalski's like uh, the chase and his capture. And so like now we're hearing more about his backstory from like, I guess they have his files. So we find out that at this point that he's a military veteran from Vietnam and that he was discharged honorably, I think it was. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. He became a cop and then, a, uh, you know, uh, I guess bailed out of being a cop and became a derby driver and then had other driving jobs. Um there's really nothing that ever says that, like, oh, this is why he's such a good driver. It's just like he fell no, into yeah. being a, ra- a race driver. If anything, driver. you have evidence of the contrary. All you ever fucking see him do is race. Yeah. And then his yeah. boss says, like, oh, he wasn't one of the greats, but he could have been if he wanted to be because he's. No, that's right. When they talk about him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when they with him later, because Kowalski is becoming like a little bit of a celebrity over the radio waves. Um, and then over the news, I guess people starting to be like, well, now they go back to his hometown where he left from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, hell, like yeah. th- this is before they would like televise these, like you know, high speed chases and shit on TV. Yeah. This is so like, like this is kind of the news. first iteration of that. Yeah, and it's like live. You know what I mean? It's wrapping. Everybody's getting wrapped up in it, like listening to it. Um, right. So that at this point, he picks up two hitchhikers that have like um, their car oh, broke down. Whoa. Yeah, this seems weird. Uh, so it, they end up being gay stick up men. They're like yeah. they're. They're queer stick up men. That was fucking funny as it's, hell. It, it's interesting. I I kind of wish like maybe they developed their characters a little bit more though. Like maybe they wrote because it's like it's an interesting premise. I just think they're one and done really fast because they, they they think about they. I guess they're stealing cars as they're going and Kowalski like takes them in um, and they turn on him right away. You know what I mean? The they because he's really fed up. he's not talking. So like the scene's a little awkward and I I. I dug it at first, but then I was just like, he kind of just beats them up and tosses them out of the car. Yeah. 
It felt like a big, big. It felt like a um. Oh shit! How do I want to say this? Like it's a like um, like a. It was like a really big. It's a small scene, right? But I feel like they spend ninety percent of the scene setting it up, and then yeah. for just like a fucking two second payoff, and then he like kicked him out of the car. Yeah, very and unnecessary. It yeah. feels weird. And then I, I'm assuming that it seems like these people got picked up by the police. Um, yes. And so and then like but even they won't they won't turn on Kowalski because they're criminals as well. So like they the police basically can't get anybody to speak badly of Kowalski. Like tell us that he hit you or assaulted you like so we can really get him. It's yeah. weird. It's like why can't you just get him because he's avoid he's not stopping for police. Um, he ran that Jaguar off the road, uh, but that guy won't talk ill of him either because that guy was doing crazy shit with his fucking car. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So yeah, that was a that guy was a lunatic. Um, I don't know. So it's a weird. It's weird. These characters that he picks up out of the blue, it just feels forced. They do seem like interesting characters, though. Like if he had driven with them for a while and then they turned right. on him or something, you could have developed these guys a little bit better. Absolutely could have, yes. Rather than maybe it was just supposed to be shock of having like queer stick up men, like, oh look, they're gay and they're they're fucking sticking them up, like there's right in seventy one. That was just there. Like, there's oh, more to shit. them than just their sexuality, like 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 whoa shit, they're gay and they suck them up. Of course, they're they criminals. Do. Like I don't know because they're all pushing a car that says just married. So I was like, well, are, are they just married or is it? That's what I, I took it as, and they yeah. stole somebody else's car that was just married. Maybe but I have that. Is, that's actually my theory because I'm yes, out two are, them and now they're going to these two are car. for sure together. But yeah, I have a feeling that they've done this. They, they kind of steal these cars across the country. Yeah. Steal whatever they, they can. And maybe and kill yeah, people. They, they did happen to have a, they, Someone was just married that they probably killed over in the desert. But yeah, those, who, yeah, it's kind of, that. That's interesting. And we're along with a lot of things that happen. This film, it's like, what is the point of this? Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It is weird. It's a tangent that just sort of goes off. I don't, they introduce characters randomly, and then nothing really happens of them. They just get kicked out of the car. So it's, I don't know. It is weird. It's a weird tangent. That the film goes on for for really no reason. I, I can't bail the film out on that one. I, I yeah. they do it multiple no times. The like they do it with multiple characters multiple times. So it's yeah, we like, get the biker later, right. which is actually like turns out to be a scene though. Right. This was right. just like a split second, five minute thing of dialogue, and then right. these dudes get kicked out of the car. Uh, but yeah, so the next scene is too. Like Kowalski comes up on a biker who asks him if he needs help, and this Kowalski does say at first he says no. Right. But then last minute, as the bike is about to tear ass out of there, he says, hey, wait, 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 I need some speed to stay up. You got any drugs? Yeah. And the bike is like, yeah, back at my hangout. Like, so we're like, OK. And he's like, it's like five minutes away if you want to go back. So Kowalski does. And they hang out. They go to the hangout and we see the naked woman riding the motorcycle oh, there. Man. Yeah. Just in the background, riding like a cheap motor, like Indian motorcycle or whatever, like Indian head. Or she whatever. had some crazy right. looking tits, dude. I was like, yeah, they were cone shaped. Well, that's what happens when you just let them free. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. kept up in the in the over the shoulder boulder holder. You know what I mean? It's just like I get that. Yeah, those are free breasts. That's what free breasts look like. John. Free range breasts. Okay. Yeah, free range. No, they're saying, organic. She doesn't have a vibrator, so she's just riding the motorcycle naked. That's what I took too. I was like. She was really eager to get back up on that bike once their encounter was over. She was like, all right, I'm going to get back on the bike. (laughs) (laughs) And she's out. (laughs) But yeah, no, that seems, I don't know. It's kind of cool. It's weird though. But yeah, so the biker takes him back to the hangout. He gives him some speed. Um, There's an exchange with the woman that's odd. Like she knew him almost. Of him. 
she knew of him, but almost I was like, wait a minute, like, does he not remember her? Like, is this the surfer chick? And she never died, like, because it's sort of like the same type of yeah, girl. I thought thing, free spirited, yeah. Uh, so that I guess for him, it was sort of like the equivalent of that in his mind. Like, you, like, you want to fuck? That was weird. Like, what can I can I do anything for you? Uh, you know, you want to just have some fun, and it's uh, like, and he's just like, nah. I would have totally, in my mind, I'll be honest, I was totally like. Like a blowjob, maybe. Yeah, we can start with that. I don't know. This guy's gonna be back soon, so like I don't want to really. Well, I don't know if I would have uh, had the same restraint as Kowalski did. Yeah, but uh, it definitely speaks on like how women are objectified at that time too. But also, she's free spirited, so she's it's of her nature. Like she wants to. Whoever there was this dude, so it's a weird. I don't want to like shame her for like wanting to give it away. Uh, you know, at the same time, it's not like she was like. She never appeared to me as like this woman who was kept against her will and then like a sex slave. Like she's just chilling with this right, uh, right. biker dude and living the, her best life, I guess, at this point for her. Well, and well, this yeah. speaks to this this era of film too, because this was part of like, you know, there there was a lot of sex going on in the 70s, the the free love movement. Yeah, and the women's movement. Yeah. You know, so she, she's probably like... Tits out. Yeah, it's like, it's uh, kind of like what we talk... Uh, if you... I don't know if you watched the movie Exa, John, but uh, you know that's also kind of speaks to that same time time period where it's like, yeah, you know, it's like we, yeah, we feel love, but like you know, you can't help who you're attracted to. You know, it's yeah. it's just that's the wow. that's of uh, uh, mind frame that this woman is in. It was just a weird exchange, though. It was uh, yeah, very weird. There was, I guess, there's some like no, oh, you know, joking aside, there was uh, I guess some symbolism there of like obviously it reminded him of Vera and. The fact that he she followed his case or knew of it, you know, when he was a cop seemed odd. But it was just like you said, Rob, it was like another moment that reminded him of, you know, some the, these things that he's gone through in life. This whole trip. Has- it also speaks to um, Kowalski's character, too, because normally what would happen in these type of films, there's going to be a sex scene. We're going to see a lot. Of, I mean, we saw the yeah. kid, obviously, but we're going to see some more. Uh, uh, but that's not what happens here. So it is kind of a. Uh, it does kind of a you know reverse of you know what you would normally normally see in those type of films. Yeah, and then so oh also before that even happens, the um, soul's back on the radio, and Kowalski feels like it feels off, um, and he asks them, and that's when the chick comes over and listens to it, and then the biker dude yeah. says like, "Give me a minute, I'll I'll go check," and turns out he's going to go check up the road to kind of see where the directions where Soul told him to go. That yeah. part of the movie is also very confusing to me. Like I was that I didn't. I took it as Soul was giving him fake like shit uh, because he was under you know duress. Like that, like that good old boy was like holding him captive, oh, making him like do that. Was... But they never show that too. Like he was doing something to intentionally be off so that they would realize he was off. Yeah, yeah. maybe that too. Maybe he was intentionally. I don't know. Like uh, it was because they don't really show Soul saying it. So it felt I was taking it as like. Oh, he's saying this under gunpoint almost. You know what I mean? Like they're they're making him give this information. That's why he sounds off because it's you know he's not. It's not of his own will, free will. That motorcycle chick fucked Super Soul, and that's why he's like, "Well, I I know him, and yeah, that is his voice, but that doesn't sound like him." Yeah, I think Super Soul's fucked everybody in town. Oh yeah, especially see because then you have. You yeah you said you have the motorcyclist who he goes off and kind of checks the to see like what's going on and he gives kind of the all clear. I was getting Kid Rock vibes from that dude. <laughs> <laughs> like that's uh, 
rock. He lives in the desert, like real kid rock style. He's got a chopper. All with the ball, the bang, the bang. Yeah, he's got some speed. Definitely not drinking Bud Light out there. No. no. <laughs> but no, I, again, it's just like random characters that this film sort of introduces. And this biker is one of them. But at least the scene, there's some, there's something that furthers the plot The you know, at this point in the movie. Like it, there's there's a reason for Kowalski to kind of stop here, at least. Um, yeah. And he gets that moment where he thinks about his past and the advice uh, from Super Soul, which turns out to be, you know, not, you know, it's a trap. Because the biker comes back and he tells him, you know, uh, you know, it's a trap. But then he helps him get across the border with this weird scheme. He yeah. finds a piece of junk that makes a siren noise or whatever. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. He's like, check and it out, brother. Yeah. And we see oh, this minibike and he's like, what the fuck is his plan? But yeah, so he, he ends up roping, tying the minibike to the hood with the light flashing. So it looks like a flashing light. And then using the siren as Kowalski drives head speed, like full speed ahead towards the roadblock. And the roadblock's like, oh, let him in. It's a, it's police. And then he just, like, fucking goes flying past them. Blast through it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shit, it's him. <laughs> they try and, like, cars out. Cars out. Yeah. So they try and, like, catch up. But then by then, he's crossed the California border. And then he lets, uh, I don't even know what the biker's name was. But he lets him go. And he's like, you sure you're going to be all right with that thing? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. And he, the biker just rides off on this mini bike in the desert. Like, I'm good. Bro, with like, his feet all the way out, like and watching like him ride a while. Biker, I can ride life. anything. Yeah, yeah. He's got his feet just just out, so they don't all the, the way out. She was hilarious. Uh, it is pretty funny. And then so Kowalski, fucking now he's in California, so he's pretty close to his objective at this point. But yeah, he is like super tired. He's losing, like I don't know. You could just tell he's sort of just out of it. And these flashbacks <laughs> are supposed to show that, I guess, the things that he's lost in life or been through, but. I don't think they properly do that, honestly. No. But then we meet a, another character in this film that's also super confusing. Is he meets this uh another hitchhiker. Uh well, who is this one? The 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 chick. The uh the the kind of she seems like a very classy lady that that he picks up and um it's you know getting dark. He picks up this one lady. I and... almost completely forgot about her. I totally did. <laughs> This is an important point of the film because uh, she's like, because he starts like he starts to ask her questions like, I don't really want to talk right now, okay? And then she you know lights one up and it's like, you wanna you wanna try this? Sure. It's like, I don't think that I don't think that was in my my version. I think I think that's the UK version that you got. I think that's the added scene. Oh man, yeah. So really, it, it, yeah. John, you you saw this, right? You, yeah, you... yeah. It's the the chick. She gets they get high together. She she rolls up a joint. She's like, "Oh, I'm going to La La Land," and he's like, "Party on!" Yeah, uh, yeah. I totally don't. It's not even in my notes. I don't. Wow. Okay. I don't remember seeing that scene at all. But now that you're mentioning it, I think I remember it from my first viewing. Yeah, John. Let, let's talk about this scene, buddy. Like, because they totally bone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he fucks her for sure. They they go off into the uh uh I'm trying to pull it up right now because you said what were the run times that you said? Yeah, on IMDb, if you go to the run time down at the bottom, like scroll down, it'll show uh two run times. Tech specs, technical specs, uh run time. One one hour and thirty nine minutes, and then there's one that's one hour and forty eight, forty six minutes. And that's the UK version. So I'm thinking that's enough that scene's the scene right there that you guys mentioned sounds like just enough time for them to smoke, get to know each other, bone. That's like a five to six minute scene. 
Oh that yeah, dude, the bit. one the one that we watched was an hour and forty six minutes. Yeah, so that's the one. I didn't watch that version. I guess I didn't know really know there were two versions um, when I started. Otherwise, I would have watched them. So yeah, talk me through it. So they meet. He picks her up. They smoke. It's just weed. And, and that's like this where... is when he first gets into California. He like okay. it's like he's he's just in there. It's after everything we had just kind of talked about. And um, now that makes I... sense more for the ending then. Yeah. Because my ending felt abrupt as fuck, even though it still would after that scene with the girl. But I think that at least the girl and him being with that girl kind of is like a good send off, I think, for him then. Yeah, Yeah. it's almost like that he had he comes to some sort of catharsis. Like he finally uh, because we actually he sleeps for the like he's been up for probably what, 48 hours, maybe at least. And, you know, he then he has an apostrophe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah they have they probably sleep together and when he finally wakes uh, at dawn you know the girl's gone and he takes off but by this point the california highway patrol and like the police that are after him they've set up these blocks against which is him. the it's the roadblock that we saw in the beginning beginning of the film yeah yep we're back to that part so after all that the roadblocks are set up after his night of passion Damn, I missed it. The one thing that I, I I couldn't understand is like he runs straight into that fucking the bulldozers. Like, Dude, it just took. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Very, very. He, like very he just gave in. in. So for, for uh, the first first thing is the car that they wrecked. That was not the Dodge Challenger. That is a Chevy Camaro that they wrecked into that thing. Uh, uh, yeah, that thing just explodes, bro. Oh yeah. So <laughs> so it was it, it was a uh, very uh very exciting ending but i had to ask why why uh, oh before that before he reaches that he also calls the the his the initial drug dealer that gave him the speed is like hey yeah. oh yeah gonna make it on time i saw that part yeah yeah uh, you'll get it next time don't worry buddy we'll yeah, double we'll double double yeah double bubble double bubble double yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> why oh why does he fucking kill himself? I don't get it. I don't no. know. There's not enough in the film that really walks me down that it, line. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. And it's I not mean, the normal ending you get from these sort of films. I feel like most times the dude driving the car like gets out of it or gets to the location or like I don't know. At least an easy rider. It's th- that ending makes sense. It's mm. a crazy ass ending. Yeah. But okay, I can see why that happened. And that's this. It's a very similar type of movie. This one, I have no fucking idea what. And I'm okay with this ending. Like the actual ending is would be fine if you got me there properly. Like, like we at some point there had to have been something where this is a man at the end of his life, and so he. It's kind of like how they talk about when you're close to death, you mm -hmm. have after your life. Yeah, happening with Kowalski, he's having a flashback of his life. But why is he? It's not like he's fucking dying. He's not old. It's not like he's. I, I, I yeah. There's there's no catalyst that really, other than that, like his girlfriend dying. Right. You know what I mean? There's nothing that shows me where this guy's like on his last leg of like I can't I can't manage to to live anymore. I'm just gonna kill myself. Like I said, we're missing a piece of the puzzle. Is he tired of his life? Did I mean, he yeah. Just... We we see he's got substance abuse because of the driving. Right. Uh, he's running from his past. Uh, the right. driving itself is a symbol, is you know, a metaphor for that. Like, 
Right. You can't drive away from your past, though. Exactly. He reached some sort of catharsis, like through his journey through the desert. And that, it's like, that woman's the scene that I missed. Her coochie must have been so good that it just like put his mind right, and he was just like, "I'm good. Like I can just never. It's never gonna be this time to end. It. Yeah, take me now. Brutal. It is. Uh, the ending is like, what the fuck? Very, very head scratcher. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of the. I don't know. It's definitely a mistake in my opinion for this. I just. I don't know. The fact that he would kill himself just and that the film never got me there. I never felt that from him per se. Like I just it felt abrupt. And then the fact that I missed that other scene, too. I think that, that other scene at least would have given me a, a little bit of a better send off for his character, at least to show me where he mentally like how he came out. Like you said, some kind of catharsis. Definitely was it some sort of peace. Yeah. And, that, and that's OK. I, like at least that sets up his mind state for why he would drive into the thing. But still, I don't think the film ever brings me enough of his character through those flash those flashbacks could have brought me there if they were done properly but just the, they don't add up uh, the cop thing was cool interesting and his love life was interesting i the crashings what are they supposed to represent like uh, well i don't know but if we're saying that this is a movie about the car right then maybe there's something maybe maybe you can flush that idea out some like what is it it's like if the, if these if these movies are about the roads and the cars and the scenes of that then it's like what uh, you know what is the What's the meaning of him of him taking this car this whole way and having to stop and get gas and and this and then that's when he's running into these things and meeting these people and now it's I, I don't know there, there could be something there to flush out but it's it's maybe it's more about the car being done than the the man I don't know fucking maybe weird the car like blowing up his symbolism maybe uh, and this is also me bailing the film out here too uh-huh. is. Maybe that these these flashbacks that we got the motorcycle crash, the car the 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 race car crash. Sure. You know, you know he was a war veteran. His career as a cop. His career as a cop. Maybe he should have died in all these instances. And it's like maybe it's maybe I'm supposed to die, and I I have you know maybe he final destination himself in, in, <laughs> in this situation. It's definitely it's kind of sloppy though. I, I, like I think it could have been a really more impactful ending if I was yeah. more in engaged with this character of Kowalski. Like he's cool, but uh, I wish I was more invested. You know what? It help cut out the whole fucking scene in the desert with the the freaking prospector and the the Pentecostal. Fuck you know. no! I love that scene. Keep it, <laughs> and then add more to the backstory of no. Kowalski. Yeah. Maybe less naked women on motorcycles. Uh, but no, no, hey, let's not go crazy, Heidelberg. All right, like Look, I love a naked woman, but like I don't know, I just don't need these slow shots of her like dri- like riding the bike in the distance. I don't know. So you, what you're saying is you want to take? Are you are you turning into John from a cut above? Let's no, boost. absolutely not. I love boobs. <laughs> absolutely not. He's <laughs> yeah. fuck no, no, no way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just um, I don't know. I just think these kind of road movies tend to you tend to see the guy beat the cops or figure out a way. And it's just a little shocking that Kowalski dies here. Um, And I think if the film is trying, I think, like you said, John, like maybe the car has some symbolism. I don't know if that's a thing. I think maybe they were just trying to inject a little depth into one of these types of films. And they just didn't develop it enough. You know what I mean? With Kowalski's character, they just didn't really another draft maybe would have developed him a little bit better as a main character because he doesn't have. He doesn't have that smoky, like that Burt Reynolds uh, appeal that he has in that road movie. Where like some of these movies have more of a central main character that's got a little bit more personality. Kowalski doesn't really have much in this. Right. Movie. 
you know, you could be brooding and stuff like that, but it's weird. I don't know. And then they basically they send characters his way that are sort of quirky um, to enter, you know, interject with him and, and mix up with him. But some of them feel tacked on like the, the, the queer couple. It just right. doesn't feel right. Like it feels weird. I, you know, I also wonder too, because we also talked about there, there's no real big like A-lister here. There's no, uh, I don't know if it's the writing or the direction that maybe might be the problem here. Uh, but like I said, all the, all of these, the, the director, who, uh, which is uh, by Richard Serapian, he'd done this movie, did a lot of TV stuff. Uh, his most famous, uh, other most famous thing was a uh, Twilight Zone episode that he did. Oh, cool. Living Doll. But none of these guys really like went to, you know, great lengths in their career. Like, you know, they, they're mm-hmm. not like don't necessarily look upon these guys. Like, oh, that that Richard Serapian, like he's one of the yeah. great directors of the time. The actors, like no one's outside of maybe Cleavon Little, no one's really talking about these guys at all. And then uh, the the writing too. It's like, uh, yeah, I understand these type of films tend to not hold your hand, and you have to do a little bit of digging. But it feels to me there's not enough here to warrant the type of ending that we get yeah unfortunately all right so you want to you guys got anything else you want to add before we uh let's rate this thing rate this thing give it give it our review the stamp of approval or n- disapproval from the cinemigos yeah let's uh what does the the old heiderberg have to say about this yeah film? so it's my pick i'll go first um i have some pros like uh this is a great looking film i think i, I like the look and the feel of this film i do it, you know i, I think uh, like I ha- I asked you guys that question like 20 minutes in where where you kind of engaged and I think the film does a pretty good job of getting me into the vibe of what type of film it is I'm familiar with these sort of genre films and uh, you know uh, I think it hit it hit it hit its mark for the most part with that uh, I think there's some great cinematography some really good camera work in this film for it you know it's a lower budget film but it looks great um, the landscapes and the car speeding down the road it's a simple thing with the helicopters giving chase and stuff. But I just, I kind of love those kind of set pieces. Um, and I love that, like, films like this would, that's all done practically. Nowadays, you can throw in a CGI, like, helicopter if you want. Right. Good, you know what I mean? And that's fine. But these films, there's something about, like, imagine just being an, an onlooker and seeing, like, the scene of, like, a race car coming down the road with, like, six police cars chasing and, and like, a real helicopter coming chasing, like, all the dust and because and the, and the, they're on location in the desert. Like, that's cool. That's movie making. Like, that's movie magic. It's really part of the charm of these older films um and i think this film has that it's it's the aesthetics i think uh i really like the the vibe it puts out is distinctly 70s and i really like that the 70s is like the 60s and 70s are kind of uh, i've seen movies from them but uh, there's also like they made a ton of films during those times and some of them are just really hard to find films or like films people haven't heard of or like a lot of the the horror that came out then I, i'm not even that familiar with so i think there's a good wealth of films from those um that those time periods that i'm interested in and this film i think like nails that like the score i thought is really good it matches the scenes and the error perfectly i really like the music i like the adding in of the radio dj i thought that was really interesting kind of way to um i wish they had more of it honestly the more yeah, of the dj yeah. coming in with more music being piped in and cool chase scenes they but what's there is cool i really dug the sound design like i said uh the sounds of the challenger just felt spot on the whole time it never felt like added on um i don't know man it just felt like there was literally a guy with a boom mic right behind that that fucking tire as it peeled out i bet you what they did is they uh probably had some like 
sound design wise, they probably recorded how this challenger sounded. Mm -hmm. uh, and they like they probably did add that into uh, in post, but yeah. yeah, the actual sounds of the car, and so you hear like when it's racing down the yeah. fucking yeah, it sounds it, like you're legit in the in this car like taking off with Kowalski, and like his driving too is like more realistic too. It's not over. There's nothing overly done, exaggerated like his shifting. He's not shifting nine times like a Fast and Furious film. Like no. <laughs> Yeah, Thank when God. he when he hits the clutch and shifts, it's like just to get you know into the next gear, and then he takes off, and it's like I liked it. Um, I also like I said, the driving scenes and the stunts I thought were pretty fantastic. Um, it's a great road movie in that sense. I think it nails that part really well. Uh, I think Kowalski is an interesting, although underdeveloped character. He's I'm interested in him. I want more of it. Uh, you tried to give me some. I, like I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. You know what I mean? Uh, unfortunately the film doesn't do that too much and it sounds like the sequel i mean the the remake either does that too much or not enough or it kind of stumbles the same road i don't know maybe we'll we'll watch that i don't know if we'll cover it here but you like it you love it you want some more <laughs> absolutely uh so <laughs> just to touch on some cons too because this movie does have them it's 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 a little hard to follow. We've talked about that. The plot and the way the film handles the structure of the narrative is just kind of it's just it's jarring. It's uh, disjointed. Yeah, it's it doesn't have a good uh, flow. Um, we've watched some films that jump around. We just did The Gentleman a couple episodes ago, and that does that uh, a lot better. Um, I wish the film had a central antagonist. Also, we just we get a bunch of different cops that chase him, but I they could have made like. I don't know. They could have made that racist fuck who trashed the radio station. They could have made him more of a villain. Yeah. Uh, for Kowalski. I don't know. Like it just to have one yeah. guy to kind of hate on would have been nice. You, you get that with these films. A lot of times there's somebody giving chase. Yeah. Like Jackie Gleason and smoking. The exactly. Bandit. That's what I'm thinking. Like it doesn't have to be comic relief either. You can have this like hard nosed fucking dickhead racist, uh, you know, cop after him. And that would have been interesting to see the, the lengths that this guy is going to also just to catch Kowalski. You know what would would have been better? would be the cop that Kowalski fingered that was raping the girl uh, in uh, trying to rape the, uh, that uh, chicken. Yeah. And that guy's after him? Like the head the head guy. Because apparently mm -hmm. that guy got arrested or anything because Kowalski was the one that got kind of all the shit. So that guy may have been, would have been a great Yeah, that guy was like after, he had a vendetta for Kowalski. Yeah. Uh, just also, there's just, isn't a whole lot going on for the plot wise. Like you just, for you to sink your teeth into it. Like, it's a road movie, so like I know it's more about the chase, and that's fine. But we, I mean, we get a glimpse into why Kowalski is the way he is now, but it's just not like a lot. And I said the plot feels disjointed a little for me. I just wish there was more depth to Kowalski's character, and I, I don't know. He's got like an interesting backstory. Just the way they plug it into the film just feels off, and the scenes feel hollow. And I did not love the sudden ending. I just didn't. No. It just yeah. feels weird. It, it doesn't feel earned. No, uh, personally, but I mean, I did like the, I, I, I liked, I liked the road, the journey, uh, just to say the road trip of this film. I do like the beginning to a point A to point B and, and the stuff that happens. I just think it could have been jazzed up a little bit in certain locations and the script could have been tightened up here and there, but overall it's a fun road movie. So with that said, I'm giving vanishing point. I'm going to give it a watch the trailer slash rent. That's right. where I'm saying, uh, just for anybody who's not aware uh, yet, if this is our first episode, our rating scale is instant classic, starting from top to bottom. Buy it, rent it, watch the trailer, and never ever watch. Uh, Rob, what do you think about? Manic? Well, a little bit of solidarity here because I also have it as a uh, just watch the trailer, 
just watched the trailer slash rented. Uh, and yeah, the things that I was hoping for in this film, like the, the, the way it's shot is great. The, the car is awesome. The, the action scenes are awesome, but we just don't get enough of Kowalski. We don't get enough of his character, the background, his motivation on things. We get like a, just enough to keep us interested, but we don't get enough to like, really like understand why he's doing the things he's doing. Or like how, and it uh, as Heidelberg said, it does not earn the ending it gets. Like it just ha- oh fuck it, I'm gonna kill myself. Why? It doesn't. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. And there's a lot of things in this film that just do not make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, it is, and there there's things about this film that all have obviously gone on to be iconic and have been a huge influence on other filmmakers. Right. Uh, for Soul. The car, some of the some of the action scenes, those have gone on to be part of other great films, and that's awesome. And I'm I'm glad that this has reached people uh, in uh, filmmakers in ways, and they've used that in their films. And without films like this, you you don't get like some of the more famous stuff, like you know your Fast and the Furious films and all all that shit. But the uh, of you know within its era, the, the that counterculture film era of the seventies where, you know, people were just making some wild ass films. Yeah. It's just, this is one of the weak ones. This, there's a reason why it's hard to find because no one really wants to watch it more. That's the, that's the real problem. And yeah, it did, it did earn a re it did get a remake, which was not received very well. And obviously Tarantino took the good things of this film and made death proof. Yeah. That's really, see, that's it. Uh, this film does not have a lot of great qualities to it. Now, I, I for those who know this era, who are curious about it, this is one you should watch, but it does not get a, a lot of accolades for me. It, like I said, just watch the trailer slash rent it. It's a recommend for me, but it's not like an instant recommend. You know what I mean? Like if, if I was to start talking somebody up about Death Proof or the genre of, you know, these car movies, um, chase films, stuff like that, then, yeah, then I would bring it up. Like, oh, you right. should check out Vanishing Point. But it's definitely um, not going to be like, oh, hey, hey, can I talk to you for a minute about Vanishing Point? You really need to watch this movie. Yeah, it's a recommend with a caveat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, what about you, John? All right. <clears throat> Let's get into this. So, uh, first things first, I just would like to apologize to the movie Cobra. Mm. Uh, Cobra, I gave a just watch the trailer slash rent it. And uh, that was wrong because this movie is a just watch the trailer slash rent it. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe this is our first movie where all three of us had the exact same score. This might be a Cinemigos first. Oh, wow. Um, Break out the bubbly. I think I think any time. Like we're sitting here just it, it's funny because as I was sitting here, like this, this, this is the this is the uh, score that I had made up in my mind but before I even heard either of you guys. Right. And then it kind of gets uh, cemented in the sense where I was like, all right, well, I'm curious to hear this was Berg's pick. I'm curious to, to, to hear what he's going to say about it. And it sounded like he had more cons than pros in and going through it. And so I was like, I think we're all kind of on the same same page here where this isn't necessarily a bad movie. It's just, uh, it's not a good movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 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 it's just that like 
perfect median where it's just like, uh, uh, honestly, like I'm not upset that I watched it. I don't think I wasted my time. I don't feel like I lost anything. I sure should feel like I gained anything. Uh, Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It's one of those interesting footnotes in cinema history that obviously has touched certain people. Like I talked about, certain directors have taken a lot of stuff from this film. But this film in particular is not necessarily a great film. Mm. Yeah. yeah and it's um um yeah that's that's pretty much that's pretty much my my review for it uh uh same thing like we said uh, recommend with a caveat right like if somebody's like god i just fucking really love these kind <laughs> of movies, then you can be like oh well hey man uh, check this one out all right so we're all on the same page it's a it's a watch the trailer slash rent it yep and cobra, uh, cobra and are you officially changing your, your so you're officially changing your score on Cobra. I think I, I think I have to. I think it would be disrespectful to Cobra and you if I were hey, to. We let... haven't set any rules that says that you technically can't. This 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 movie that should would, not so that, have that the same would, score as Cobra. That it would shouldn't. technically be the first time. Then so you want you want Cobra to be a, a rented? Yes, a solid rented. All right, yeah. so that that would retcon us into having all the same scores that episode as well. Oh, okay. But this is the first time it's actually happened. happened. I yeah. just it, I, it it truly feels wrong to but C- Cobra Cobra was Cobra was a that. sick action movie and this this was maybe it's just because this is a lot older too and so it's just like C- C- Cobra kind of gets bailed out I think for for me because it's a lot closer to something that I would have watched as a kid then th- this yeah. ha- this movie had zero fucking shot of me ever watching it you know what I mean yeah 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 uh, yeah it was off your radar yeah, yeah. totally. Um, it only became mine because of the, that, the fact that I really liked Death Proof and I just kind of wanted to know like, oh shit, let me, let me go back further and see this other movie that they mentioned, Vanishing yeah. Point, because if Quentin totally. likes it, I want to see what it's about. Well, for me, it certainly closed the gap of like this type of film because I, I have seen a lot of these films. This is one I have not seen. So oh, cool. close that gap for me, which is great. I love that that happened. That but yeah, great. of these films, this is one I'm probably not going to go back to anytime soon. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Like, I get it. But uh, I do love, I got to give kudos, though, that the, the driving stuff was really, they did a really good job with the driving. That like, that's the best part of with the, the car. They, it was shot well. It wasn't edited like funky. Like, you saw the car. It was doing cool shit. And yeah. it was in the shot. And they it looked badass. And I was like, all right, mixed with the sound. It was it, cool. It, you don't give a shit about the story and you just want to see cars do some cool shit. This is your, <laughs> yeah, that is, that, this is by far the coolest part of the movie is all, all is that, is that asked. Yeah. Uh, next week's pick that's John. That's your pick next week. Yes, sir. Um, next week. I, I, I don't know. Uh, people haven't figured it out, uh, by now yet, but, uh, I am a James Bond head. I fucking love, uh, all 007 movies. I've seen them all. Uh, watched a uh, watched watched almost all of them in the theaters since Pierce Brosnan. Um, wow! So that's 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 I I fucking love it. I uh, love James Bond. Uh, Diamonds are forever is what we will be covering. Oh, go back to seventy one. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Diamonds are forever is by far my favorite. Uh, pre Daniel Craig Bond movie. Really. Oh, this is uh, we're going to have some interesting <laughs> discussions on this. Yeah, I love Diamonds Are Forever is is I fucking love it. Oh, okay. I'm excited now to get into it. Yeah. When I first saw it, I'll be honest, I was like, oh, we're doing a Bond movie. OK. Yeah. But then I was like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. I don't even know. I, to be honest, I don't I think I've seen this one. Is this the one with Christopher Walken? 
No, uh, no, no. This is actually uh, so. I I am like you. I've seen nearly every Bond film outside, mm-hmm. like this one and the Timothy Dalton ones. Those are, and I think the Ooh, last, Living Daylights. Yeah, both both Dalton ones I have not seen, and the, I saw those in the theater. And the last Brosnan one I did not see, not because I didn't want to see it. I just I didn't catch it. But outside of that, I've seen them all, and yeah, so dude, they're great. They're really great. That hole. Yeah, we'll save it for next week. Yep. And we'll plug Bond's hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be fun. I'm pumped for next week. That's going to be a good one. We're going to have a great fucking time. Uh, in the meantime, if uh, listeners wanted to hear us or see us anywhere else, uh, Rob, where would, where would they be able to see you? Well, you can watch me on my other podcast, Circle of Jerks. Uh, we are on YouTube, Circle of Jerks Podcast. Uh, which is our Instagram handle, Circle Jerks Podcast. Uh, on tw- Twitter slash X, we are at Podcast COJ. And if you want to talk to me personally, always talking about films, games, whatever, uh, I am at Robo Rice. Uh, John, what about you? Oh, me? Uh, you like I week? do not have <laughs> another podcast, but uh, I do like to stream retro NES video games, twitch.television slash kinetic onslaught. Uh, O-N-S-L-O-T uh, Just wrapped up Shatterhand on Thursday night I'm in the middle of a crazy shmup called uh, Gun Knack One of the better shmups so on the system So shmup is like a shoot em, beat em up, right? Shoot em, uh, it's em like up, a space so... shoot em up so Oh, it's space like, shoot em uh, up, gotcha yeah. It's good, it's good Gun Knack I remember from like uh, Nick Arcade I don't know if you ever watched that show growing up uh, uh. Oh, bro Yeah, it's that's a, that's a fun game Shatterhand is fun what do you, have anything, I what, actually checked out some of your one of your pre-recorded streams of uh, you playing MK. Like, uh, like oh movie. yeah, I was quite. Yeah. Uh, I was watching you trying to get this move games, set. Dude. You were trying to get this combo together, and I was like watching it with reptile. I was like, oh, it's interesting. I what are you trying to get the technique, the uh, timing right? What are you streaming next, John? What's going on with you? Game uh, after Gun Knack, I'll be I'll be on. So every Tuesday, every Thursday, uh, five thirty to nine thirty Pacific Standard Time. Uh, as soon as we wrap up Gun Knack, I believe Barbie is queued up. After oh, that. my God. Yeah. Someone thought they were being fucking hilarious in chat, and they said, hey, I got a game for you to play, Barbie. I mean, it's topical. It is. You might get some good some good streams. Yeah. it's. Uh, I can tell you right now the game is dog shit. Of course it is. Dude, it looks like it's going to be. They slapped the name on that thing. They threw it together and slapped the name on it and put it out Yeah. It's funny because you have shitty games like you can have shitty games like there's like a hook. Hook is not a very good game, Um, but it's it's not bad. It it, it handles okay. Barbie is dog shit for a multitude of reasons. It's just Mm -hmm. it's unnecessarily hard and the controls are just it's it has terrible controls and it's tough. So it's just one of those double bangers. It's going to be it's going to be tough. I got to get you to play Metal Gear. That's what we need to do. Metal Gear looks fantastic. I'm excited to play Metal Gear. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, and then on uh, on X uh, at kinetic underscore onslaught and uh, Instagram, same thing. All right. Yeah. Where can we find you, Hydrobert? Oh, thank you, Rob. Uh, you can find me on uh, my other podcast. Um, I am one third of a podcast with John and Jacqueline. Uh, those are my co-hosts. Uh, Cut Above Horror Review. Uh, we review uh, a horror movie each week. We rotate uh, picks. And uh, we have a good time. So if it's if that's your thing, hard as your thing, um, that's what we would we do. We just kick ass for the Lord. 
Yeah, um, dude, it's a good, it's a real good listen, man. You guys got some that that Pearl episode was great. Yes, appreciate it. Great guest on that one. Good episode. Good discussion. Uh, good movie. I dig it. Even the bad movies end up being great episodes sometimes too. So yeah, it's about the conversations most times, you know. Um, and the friends you make along the way. That's yep. Yeah, that's what mattered the whole time, and that love prevails and that's conquers right. all. Uh, also, so if you wanted to uh, find the uh, cut above, you can find us on all podcatchers. And if you want to catch us on socials, you can catch us at on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review cut above horror on Twitter. And um, Facebook is the, just the name of the podcast. You look us up. Well, if you're a fan of the Cinemigos, where can they find us uh, on social media, Heidelberg? On Instagram, you can find us at Cinemigos one word underscore podcast and on x slash twitter you can uh hit us up at at trace cinemigos t-r-e-s-c-i-n-e-m-i-g-o-s and remember this podcast was named kowalski in honor of the last american hero to whom speed means freedom of the soul the question is not when he's gonna stop but who is gonna stop him your badges badges we ain't got no badges we don't need no badges i don't have to show you any stinking badges